Hey everyone, welcome to the I Know Lonely podcast from Only 7 Seconds. I am your host, Luke Wall. This month, we're mixing things up a little bit. Our storyteller, Danny Rigsby, is a busy college student and was unable to record a podcast with us prior to the launch of this month. But we look forward to interviewing him and releasing a podcast with him in the future. In the meantime, be sure to check out his video story available on all platforms. He's an inspirational person and his life story is extremely compelling. This month, in lieu of interviewing Danny, I'm going to take a bit of time to share with you some stories of impact and then a bit of what to expect this coming year for only seven seconds. First, a general look back on 2022. It was a foundational year for us as an organization, and here are some of our highlights. We finished the first year of the Connection Curriculum with nine different schools and youth programs. We participated in two school assemblies and had over 3,000 students participate in our Connection Curriculum. We released Connection Curriculum to the public, and it's available for anyone in a school or in an after-hours youth program. We launched our ambassador program, and we now have over 150 ambassadors across four continents and 23 states. We launched the I Know Lonely project, including monthly videos, podcasts, written articles, and the I Know Lonely guide, which is a free resource for those experiencing loneliness or wanting to live a more connected life. We have over 35,000 interactions with this project in the first four months. We also participated in dozens of community events, including participating in Global Loneliness Awareness Week. We published a public resource library for anyone who might feel lonely. We also provided over 9,000 resources, such as hope notes, shirts, signs, wristbands, and more for free. We partnered with over 180 businesses and organizations that participated with only seven seconds. We also opened an office in Chelan, Washington. Marcia and I started full-time at the beginning of 2023, and we brought on a new hire full-time, Caitlin, in November. One of my personal favorite highlights of the year was having Mario intern with us this summer, and he brought some amazing video content and helped get this podcast off the ground. And while she may not be official as a full-time staff, she is a staff nonetheless. A special shout out to Denise Waters for supporting our connection curriculum and making it is what it is today. Before I share about some of 2023's plans, I wanted to give a couple of specific stories of impact. The names in these stories have been changed to keep them anonymous and honor their stories. Before I get started, just a quick warning. These stories do include some mental health challenges, including conversation about suicide, so feel free to skip ahead. The first story is about Tony. And Tony and I met at a coffee shop a little while back. And Tony had been listening to the I Know Lonely podcast. And he told me that he had resonated so deeply with Mario's story specifically. Tony had also immigrated to America at a young age and experienced his own share of substance use during periods of youth loneliness. Listening to Mario's story provided him the reflection and insight needed to face his own family's experience with alcohol abuse. Tony has began opening up conversations with his family and began working towards a place of healing and connection with people he cares about. The second story I'll share, a tribe in Washington invited us to participate in a community event on a reservation. I had the opportunity to meet with students and parents and teachers, and I got to share about Only 7 Seconds message and our resources. While I was at this event, I was sitting at a booth and getting to have all sorts of conversations and I got to engage with 
dozens of people. And over the course of a couple of hours, I talked to four different parents that very specifically came up to me and told me that since January, and this event was in June, since January, their child had attempted suicide. Four different parents out of the maybe a hundred or so that I had a conversation with that day. Thankfully, none of those children had been successful in taking their own life. Um, but it was very apparent that that was an extreme challenge in this community, that youth were in a severe place of loneliness that was leading to mental health challenges, that was leading to suicidal ideation and even attempts. Now, as the day was wrapping up, I was starting to wrap up everything and close up. And I had a fifth parent come over to me uh, that had a very similar story. Her daughter had uh, reached out to a therapist in January of that year and uh, told the therapist that she was contemplating taking her own life. And in April, her daughter successfully did take her own life. And then a therapist that she had reached out to and called did not get back to her until a couple of weeks before this event in June. This girl's mom uh, and I got to talk for about a half an hour and we just sat down and had a conversation and we, we got to learn or I got to learn just a little bit about what had transpired over this time and her daughter was extremely isolated and reaching out to a therapist uh, counselor was her kind of last grasp at trying uh, to get some sort of help. And she felt more comfortable calling anonymously to someone like that than her own parents uh, or to her own family or friends. And uh, unfortunately there is a situation that we uh, have in the United States right now across the world of just not enough resources when it comes to counselors and therapists and professional help sometimes. And while there's absolutely a significant need for those things, um, while her daughter was waiting for the help that she needed, her mom was very clear to me that she needed some sort of meaningful relationship, some sort of meaningful connection with someone else. If she had simply had someone take seven seconds and connect with her in some meaningful way, if she had had the opportunity and taken seven seconds herself to connect with someone and be vulnerable and share what she was feeling, her parents would have rallied around her and supported her. She would have had some people in her corner supporting her, but she simply didn't open up. Um, and her family didn't check in on her um, in a way that allowed her to have vulnerable conversation. So her mom was very clear to me that she wanted me to use this story to encourage other people to connect with the people that they care most about. And if you're in a place of struggling to take that time to connect with someone and be open and have a conversation. It's not to say that there isn't a need for counseling. There isn't a need for therapy. There isn't a need for professional help. There absolutely is. Um, but it just shared the powerful message of how impactful just taking that time of meaningful connection that we preach all the time at only seven seconds, how powerful that can be um, and can be a temporary 
solution while waiting for that professional help. And so uh, while that story is extremely devastating and I cried with the mom there at this event, uh, just hearing about the the experience of her daughter and then her family's experience with grief and loneliness afterwards. Um, she was just so grateful for what I shared with her and knowing that there were people advocating for some of this work that will help other youth in the future, that maybe it didn't help her daughter, but that other lives could be changed because she saw how powerful our mission and our message could be in helping people like her daughter. So the last story I'll share is about uh, a woman named Amy. And uh, Amy reached out to me a week after Kaya's story went public. Kaya's uh, story, if you haven't listened to it, was published in September. It was the very first story of the I Know Lonely Project. Highly recommend going back and listening to it. Kaya experienced bipolar disorder and uh, and was diagnosed in high school. And uh, shortly after her her uh, story went live, I got this email from Amy. And here is roughly what it said. Hi, my name is Amy. I just listened to Kaya's story and I'm wiping away tears as I write this. I know so much of Kaya's story. I spent time in a similar facility to Kaya when I tried to take my own life this year. I barely survived and then I spent 10 days in a behavioral center recovering. After 20 years of suffering, I've finally been diagnosed with major depressive disorder and there is a small possibility that I have bipolar type 2. Mental illness is lonely. No one could possibly relate or understand what my family's been through this last year. It is so lonely. I'm not ready to share my whole story publicly yet, but I'm writing my story down. I just finished page 25 as I write this, and I have many more pages to fill. It's a part of my ongoing therapy. Your podcast was incredible. You're a great listener and interviewer, and I look forward to listening to more stories. Thank you. Thank you for the work you do. I was obviously moved just hearing that uh, Kaya's story would have some sort of impact on someone like this. And it was right after we launched and we didn't know what kind of impact these stories were going to have. And so uh, after I received this, I reached out to Amy and asked her to grab coffee with me. And so Amy and I sat down a week after this email and had a conversation. And as Amy and I sat down, before I could really even say much of anything, Amy looks at me in the eyes. She goes, you have to know that Kaya's story and you sharing this project has quite literally saved my life. And it's changed the trajectory of my family's life. I sat there a little bit speechless at first and didn't really know how to respond. I've never been told something like that before. And I felt honored to simply be a part of something that would have that kind of impact on someone. And as I got to hear what Amy meant by saying that, uh, she went on to share that since her email to me, she had been able to share Kaya's podcast and story with her older father, her own husband, and then her teenage children. And in each of those interactions with her father, her husband, and her children, they had significant impacts on her relationship with them and then her own relationship with herself. And what I mean by that is uh, when she got to share Kaya's story with her husband, her husband and her 
got to a point of being able to have a meaningful conversation based off of Kay's story and reach a place of mutual understanding that Amy actually did have bipolar disorder and that her husband had thought so for some time, but was unable to really have that conversation because her wife wasn't in a place to hear it. And as a result of hearing Kaya's story, she was in a place of being more accepting of that sort of a diagnosis. She then was able to talk to her therapist that she'd been seeing for years. And the therapist said, yes, you have bipolar disorder. And I haven't been able to get you to that point of acceptance until you had to get there on your own. And Kaya's story was a catalyst for that. She then had the conversation with her dad talking about Kaya's story. Her dad went on a walk, came back from listening to Kaya's story on the walk and was crying and then told Amy that he recognized patterns of Kaya's story in his own family and his own dad, uh, which would have been Amy's grandfather, and that uh, bipolar disorder likely runs in their family. Following this, they then got to have a conversation where Kaya's story was shared with her own children. Uh, she has two teenage children, and Amy sat in a car ride with her children and listened to Kaya's story, and then they got to have conversation around it. And they would pause and listen, or they would listen to the podcast, pause it, ask questions to their mom. Is this what you're experiencing? Is this what it's like, mom? And they got to have a really meaningful, deep family conversation around what their mom was experiencing and relate it to Kaya's own experience and kind of normalize it so that it felt a little more tangible and not so isolated that they weren't all alone in what they were experiencing as a family and what Amy was experiencing as an individual. Throughout all of this, Amy told me that she has no doubt that without a formal diagnosis, without a place of acceptance, uh, without the people around her to hold her accountable and be able to accept that she had bipolar disorder, that she would be in a place to probably take her own life again. And where she's at today, um, that isn't in the cards in the future um, because of Kaya's story being a catalyst towards a place of healing and towards a place of some solution. There isn't an easy way to transition from some of these awesome stories uh, into what we're doing next, uh, but I'm going to do that. And uh, I just first have to say thank you to the people that shared stories. These were three of some of the biggest impact and highlights of my year that I got to hear. Um, and I'm just so grateful for the people that come forward and share how we had some sort of impact on them, especially through the I Know Lonely project. So I wanted to share a little bit about what to expect in 2023 and where we're headed next as an organization. We've done a ton of work in a little over a year's time of full-time staff and only a few years as an organization. So what's coming next? Now that we have a bit more of our foundation, now that we have the framework of some of these projects and different pieces of curriculum and programming, where are we going from here? As we sat down as board and staff, as an organization, and started to map out where we're headed in the future, a few things became really apparent as the priorities for 2023. And I'm going to speak to those for just a couple of minutes. And I'm really excited about each of these. I think that as an organization, it's really important to find the things that you are really exceptional at and the things that make you 
different than other people or other organizations doing work in the same space. And so for us, a couple of those things that we found that we had the highest level of impact, the places that we have, that we have a significant amount of opportunity to change so many lives in meaningful ways. So those couple of things that we are really prioritizing next year, and this doesn't mean other stuff isn't happening, but these really become some of the priorities. And as we move into the year, you'll probably hear more about this as we go. The first thing is community outreach. And this is what you just heard. It's showing up to events, the things that we can experience and interact with, uh, within our own region, within the spaces that we are invited to, uh, to events like the uh, reservation, to events in the community where we get to have meaningful interaction with other people face-to-face. It's opportunities where we get to be on other podcasts or invite other collaborations with partners that share and spread our mission in a meaningful way. The other piece uh, that we'll be prioritizing next year is connection curriculum and youth programming. Because we know that youth are experiencing the highest rates of loneliness across any demographic, we know that we have to prioritize youth and making sure that youth feel less lonely. The problems that youth are experiencing as a result of loneliness are extreme and they are critical right now. And if we want to address the mental health epidemic that the youth are experiencing today in the world, we first have to get further upstream in what we're addressing. And that starts with people and youth that are feeling lonely. And so we are on a mission next year to really make sure that our youth programming is robust, that it is dialed in, and that we are providing real meaningful solutions to youth that are feeling lonely or simply want to live a more connected life and support people that do feel lonely. The more connected that we can help and make youth be tomorrow, the brighter our future is for mental health and physical health challenges. So we'll be investing a whole bunch of time, energy, and resources into the expansion of our connection curriculum, making sure that we expand it into places that every youth can experience it, whether that be in classroom settings, school settings, after hours youth programming, or other spaces that you want to get your youth equipped with the resources they need to live a more connected life. And then finally, for the I Know Lonely project, we will be finishing the first season of I Know Lonely. We have five more stories and additional bonus episodes still coming throughout the rest of this spring. In January, here coming up in a couple of weeks, we will have David Siegel on the podcast. He is the CEO of Meetup. And then we will have a number of other storytellers throughout the rest of the spring. And then this fall, launching in September, we will have season two of I Know Lonely. And we will get to hear from more storytellers with unique, diverse backgrounds and experiences, both on video and on podcast form, as well as written content. If there are people you would like to hear from on the podcast, please let us know who you might be interested in. Finally, I just have to thank you for listening to the I Know Lonely podcast. I hope that you were inspired by our stories. I hope that you were inspired by the people that we've had on the podcast so far. And I hope that you continue to lean in and listen to the different things that we share. Thank you for supporting us this year by listening, donating, purchasing merchandise, or sharing our message. You make these stories of impact possible. And most importantly, I hope that through interacting with Only 7 Seconds, you feel a little bit less alone in your story. 
I wish I could individually thank all of the partners and individuals who have helped make everything we do possible, but I don't think Marcia will give me that much airtime. However, I want to give a special thank you to Marcia, Denise, Eric, Mario, Caitlin, and Ashton. You have all been absolutely critical in achieving all of these impacts from 2022. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To help us continue making an impact, please consider being a monthly supporter. Learn more about our work at only7seconds.com. As always, find us on social media at only7seconds. And finally, be sure to give us a rate, review, and subscribe. Have a wonderful 2023.